right, so we're continuing our discussion, or rather just starting a new discussion about the violation of statute and how a person can discover that they still are liable for negligence regardless of not taking a common law approach. As mentioned just previously, the common law approach is what we've really been focusing on up to this point as far as determining whether or not an actor's conduct is reasonable. We've talked about the common law approach. We just mentioned the rule of law approach. And now we're going to be talking about applied violation of statutes as negligence per se. It's important to recognize that there's a distinction here between the duty by a statute and the applied violation of a statute. And really, the biggest difference is that a duty by a statute is going to be explicit. It's going to tell us that there was a duty and that there was a cause of action and the violation of this is going to actually be constituted as negligence. It's, it's going to be pretty explicit. Here, in this case, that we're just going to start introducing now the violation of statute as negligence per se. And per se just means as a matter of law, meaning that we're, we're going to consider this to be negligence. The court can actually impose this, a, a duty of like implied negligence through the statute, so to speak. Let's get into a couple of cases just to try and prove what I'm trying to say. So we have Osborne v. McMasters. In this, in this case, a person was poisoned. It was a violation of a statute that says that bottles were supposed to be labeled. This bottle was not labeled. Consequently, the person took the poison and ended up dying and ended up sued. This is kind of introducing the principle uh, negligence per se can be determined even when a statute does not explicitly tie a duty of negligence in that statute. We can determine what a reasonable person would do by looking at legislative intent. And really, what do I mean by legislative intent? Well, that's going to be defined in this next case that we introduced. I can't pronounce it. So I'm just, I'm going to go by the more pronounceable party, and that's the Markham Corp. So when a statute does not tie a duty into, uh, of negligence, the courts can apply negligence per se when there's three conditions. The first is that the class is intended to be protected by the statute, meaning the person was harmed, the harmed party is a class, it was intended to be protected by the statute. So for example, in the previous case with the labels, the protected class is the people who are going to be partaking of the substance. You don't want people partaking of that substance, people partake of that substance, well then that's a protected class. This actually goes into the second point as well as the type of harm that occurred is the kind that the statute was designed to prevent. There's a different case here that I actually find quite interesting that I want to outline. There was a statute that said that the sheep needed to be kept in a pen. And if the sheep, and the, well, diseased sheep should be kept in a pen. These sheep were diseased and, and they got out and... Uh, they drowned in the water uh, of a ship as they were crossing a ferry. 
Well, the person in this instance, he could not sue because the type of the harm that occurred was not the, the type of harm that the statute was supposed to prevent. The statute was trying to prevent the spreading of the disease. They were not trying to prevent the loss of property to the plaintiff in this situation. So we have the class and we have the type of harm. Now we're going to look at the third, and this is really whether or not it's appropriate for the statute to apply. And the courts are going to use this third element really to their discretion to see if this statute is going to apply. They're going to look to see if it's wise. They're going to look to see if it's uh, smart or, or kind of some of the consequences that are going to result if they applied this statute. This third point is going to be probably the most, I wouldn't say subjective, but it, it's going to be the most toss-up principle that could go. Uh, the course could decide one way or another. That's really introducing the subject. We'll continue talking about violations of statute uh, in our next class. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.